0: and ready to get started. If you're in the cafe, go ahead and make your way in. Be sure everyone have a candle. Need a candle? This is probably by far our most dangerous service of the year. So. <laughs> uh, a few, yeah, we've got insurance. Just don't tell the fire marshal. Um, uh, we, um, what else do I need to tell you? you got a candle. Don't light your, don't light your neighbor's hair on fire. Um, by far our favorite uh, service of the year. Um, So we're going to go ahead and get started, guys. Stand with us. This service is going to be intermingling of uh, reading the scripture and worship and teaching and then lighting candles. It's going to be great. Go and stand up with us. We're going to start with the reading of scripture.
1: All right, guys, this is from Isaiah chapter nine, verses two through six. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of our burden and the staff for our shoulder, the rod of our oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be God.
2: Let's continue worship with a reading from Luke 1, verses 26 through 35. In the sixth month, The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to
0: God. Let's continue worship with a reading from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I don't know if um, you are excited about Christmas songs as I am. Uh, But some of the theology in our Christmas songs uh, puts to shame the theology that comes from pulpits on Sunday morning sometimes. Uh, There is some profound truth in there, and I hope you didn't miss that opportunity to ruminate over some uh, really profound truths. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, I'm thankful you're here today. I'm especially excited that our kids are in here. Kids, what's up? Welcome to big church. It's so boring, isn't it? Compared to what you got. I know Miss Anna really it's not going to be as fun as what Miss Anna does over there. We're going to keep it quick. And then at the end, we're going to play with fire. Okay. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be worth it, kids. Okay. Um, hey kids, listen, if I want you to look right here, kids, if you are 100% sure that you know what you are going to get Christmas morning, raise your hand. You know it. Uh-oh. That was an adult. An adult just raised their hand. No kids. Okay. Oh, if you have, if you have no, you, you know what you're gonna Do you, do you have no clue? Raise your hand if you have no clue what you're going to get Christmas morning. No clue. Just a few. John doesn't know. Okay. Dads, raise your hand if you have no clue what your kids are getting Christmas morning. There they are. There we go. That's it. It's going to, it's going to be exciting for us all. You know, we're all going to, it's all going to be, it's good. Uh, let's, let's talk about why we're here tonight, kids. And I, I hope you enjoy this as well. Why all over the world? are we rejoicing over a Palestinian Jew who was born over 2,000 years ago? What's what's the big deal about this? That should kind of tweak your brain a little bit. Palestinian Jew, 2,000 years ago, this guy was born. And we're here in Beaufort, Georgia, celebrating the birth of this guy, this Jew, across the world, around the world, 2,000 some odd years ago, right? And if you read uh, the Gospels, you realize it's a big deal because of what that dude claimed. He claims some absolutely bodacious things about himself. His ultimate claim, that guy that lived 2,000 years ago, named Jesus, right? His ultimate claim was that he was God. That's the claim that Jesus made, that he was God in the flesh that had come to men. And we're here to celebrate this one very simple idea that God came to us, which should kind of shake our minds a little bit. Then, of course, the next question we have to ask ourselves if that's why we're here in this room, if we're here to celebrate God came to us, okay, God came to us, so what? What does that mean? What is that supposed to do in you? Huh? Anyone? What's that supposed to do for you? Does anyone else struggle with the idea of this guy born 2,000 years ago and we're all here supposed to be excited about it? What's that supposed to do in your actual life? Right? So what? If I asked you to come up with a picture, you know, like a word picture or an analogy. Kids, you guys, analogy or a metaphor? If I were to ask you to come up with a picture of what God is supposed to do in your life, what picture would you come up with? If they were to say, hey, listen, I want you to give me an analogy. What is, God? Well, the whole thing, God, religion, Jesus, what's the point? Give me an analogy how I can understand how Jesus, how God is supposed to interact with my life here and now today. So some people might say, well, okay, Jesus is supposed to impact us. I think, I think, um, you know, New Year's is coming around. You guys got your New Year's resolutions in the socket there or pocket? What's it called? Hopper, something? Um, <laughs> So, so some of you guys last year were like, I'm going to get healthy. Anyone do that last year? Anyone start to get, and you started like a, like a boot camp. Anyone do a boot camp last January? Last a couple of weeks, maybe? Maybe. So we think, what's Jesus supposed to do in our lives? Okay, you know what? I think Jesus maybe, he's like, like a personal trainer, maybe. You know personal trainers? You guys know who like boot camps? They're like, hey, you got this, man. One more rep. You got it, you know? Is that the picture? Maybe to help us think of what Jesus does for us? that he's kind of like in your corner and he's encouraging you and he's going to help you get healthy and he's kind of like it's just an encouraging boot camp instructor is is that a good picture for us to think about i mean i've known some really encouraging boot camp guys you know they help you achieve your goals they're always one more rep come on they give you the most you know, personal trainers they give us really good advice that we ignore so that also is an, an analogy that like overlaps with jesus you know so i was like yeah you know he's like hey you need to stop eating this and you're like you don't know anything um <laughs> Yeah, so maybe Jesus is kind of like that, you know? Um, Around this time of year, an analogy that comes to a lot of our brains of how God's supposed to interact with us. Like, what's, like, you know, kids, Jesus is supposed to do something in your life, right? Isn't that the idea? So if we thought of a picture, here we go, we got a a rogue. We got a loose one here. Here she goes. She got into that whole personal trainer thing was going with it. Around this time of year... um, Uh, a gift. Isn't that an analogy we think of Jesus? Yeah, he's the gift. He's the gift that keeps giving, right? And he's certainly given, and that's what we're celebrating. We read that today. A son is given. Is that the right category for Jesus? Should we interact with God like we interact with one of the presents under the tree? Think of the presents you're going to get this Christmas. They're unique to you. Someone thought about, oh, you like this. Gifts are, have to do with your preferences, don't they? Like, if you're going to give me a gift, give me something techie. Love that, right? Boom, check. Love that. Gifts are catered to you. They're to make you happy. Then someone thinks about it or someone's asked you, you know, and you open them up and then you use them and they make you happy for like maybe a week or two, right? And, and gifts are in accordance with your hobbies and desires, right? Is that, should we think of Jesus? Is that the deal? Is that the Bible's goal? Is that why we go to church and do the deal to get the Jesus present and unwrap him and use him how we see fit? When if we think of, of the creator that spoke creation into existence with let there be as a gift under the present, under the tree, we may be gravely underestimating who we're dealing with. Mm? Is, Jesus is freely given, right? But he's, if he's a gift, he's not like any gift we've ever thought of. So what's the picture what are we to think of when we think of how God is supposed to interact with us here and now, right? That, are, can we agree that there is supposed to be some impact? Yes. We can agree on that part at least, right? Jesus is, okay, I mean, not, I mean, maybe we're not Christians in here. Maybe, we don't know, I don't know, go born in church, went to church all my life. I don't know what it's supposed to do, right? No, no, we think there's supposed to be some impact he does, some connection, right? So, and I just want to tell you, if you're at all curious about this, which I'm not saying you are, but all, probably half you are, turn your brains off anyway, right? But if you're curious about this, if you're curious about an analogy of what God's supposed in your life I just have good news you. The Bible is saturated with analogies from beginning to end, but there's one specific analogy that Advent calls us to rem- to remember, right? One analogy that God gives us, and it is throughout the Bible, from the beginning the Bible to the end of the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and it likens God to light. It says, the Bible says of God that he is light. What we read today was that he's the true light that gives light to all people. So one of the pictures that you might help help you think about, what's God supposed to do in my life? Well, he's like light. Now, if you're an adult and you've been with us, uh, you know over the past month we've been digging into this. So I want to talk to the kids. Kids, look right here. Do you have a nightlight in your room? Raise your hand if you have a nightlight in your room. All right. I'm just trying to get some engagement. Okay. Oh, yeah. Are you ashamed? I have a nightlight in my room. Don't be ashamed. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and the power went out and the nightlight went out? There it is. There it is. That's it. It's terrifying, isn't it? Yes. Right. And then, and then you go and try to turn the light on and it doesn't come on. Like, that's absolutely terrifying. The power's gone out, right? Freaks me out. Who's brave enough, kids? Look at me right here. Who's brave enough in this room to admit they are afraid of the dark? No one. Okay, good. We got a few. Good, I like that. You'd say, yeah, you know, I'm afraid of the dark. It's not cool. Why why is dark so scary? Well, number one, you can't see anything in the dark, can you? You have no clue what's out there if it's dark. You ever been outside in the dark and heard a scary noise? No, thank you, right? right? Have you ever, kids, have you ever tried to walk across your room in the pitch black dark? When daddy does that, he says creative words when he stumps his toe <laughs> on the, right? Have you, have you ever been caving? Who has your ever been caving? We're just raising our hands today, guys. Get into it, come on. Oh, one person, all right, cool. Man, so I've been in these caves where you can't see your hand in front of your face and it's, it's unsettling, right? Uh, the, the Bible talks about life as a race. You guys familiar with that one? So how about we turn off all the lights in here and do a foot race across the room, relay race. Kids, you into it? Yeah. All the lights off, Do it. That, that metal pole, I mean, right? So, someone, will, someone will find it for us, you know, right? right? The Bible talks about life as a fight. Have you come across that in the Bible? Any kids take karate? We're just going to keep going on the raise of hands. Come on, let's just do this. This is fun. Any kids say karate? We got one karate kid over there. Okay, imagine, karate kid, imagine you are in the middle of a fight, tournament, right? Tournament, fight, fight, and you get your stings ready, turn off the lights. Nope. And then they give your opponent night goggles. What? what? Like, that wouldn't be fair, first of all, and second of all, it's over, right? Like, you won't see it coming, will you? Dads are like, nah, maybe I probably could be able to. Right? <laughs> all right, Stephen Seagal, yeah, all right? I don't don't care how many radioactive spiders have bit you or or how many black belts you have. In the dark, you don't stand a chance, man. It's over. Like, you probably won't even realize you got knocked out, Dad. You'd wake up the next day. Did I win? No. You were fighting the wall, and he knocked you out from behind, right? Because you don't stand a chance in the dark because the first thing the dark takes away from you is your ability to see. You can't see. The dark takes your vision for living away. You are literally blind in the dark. This is the metaphor that the Bible gives of what it means to know God. It's like turning the lights on in the room. And what it's getting at is that humanity is in a self-inflicted darkness, and it calls a darkness sin. In Isaiah 59, it says, sin makes you stumble in the middle of the day as if it's the middle of the night. So apparently, what the darkness around us does to us, it makes us think we can see, but we can't. What the darkness around me, the spiritual atmosphere around me and you makes you think you can see, and you can't even when the sun's out. That's what the scripture is talking about when it gets about darkness. What is it? It's lying. It's sin. It's violence. It's selfishness, right? It's it's self-seeking. It's ignoring the needs of others. It's self-absorption, right? The Bible's going to say, when we live in those ways, when we are the point of the cosmos, right, you are in the darkness, and you have become blind even though the sun is out. What an interesting picture. Someone stumbling in the middle of the day, even though it's, it's, it's you, you Everyone can see. And here this guy is stumbling around like he can't see. That's what darkness and sin does to you. And it's into that kind of blindness that Jesus says he comes. See, Jesus came to a world full of darkness, full of people who have learned to dwell in deep darkness. When he came, do you know what he said about himself? Do you know what Jesus said about himself? He called himself the light. John 12, 46, I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for us, parents? What does that mean for you, kids, if Jesus just calls himself light? What does that mean? What does that mean as you try to navigate all your relationships Parents, as you try to navigate your marriage, your work relationships, as you try to figure out what we should do in this scenario and that scenario, right? Should I take this job? Should I pursue this friendship? What does that mean for that? Kids, what does it mean as you try to get along with your brothers and sisters, right? As you try to obey your parents, right? What does it mean that Jesus called himself the light? It means if you are not allowing the wisdom and spirit of Jesus to influence you in those places, you are in darkness, That's what it means. How does the wisdom of Jesus impact your daily living? And if it doesn't, then the Bible would say of you, you are in the dark. Because he's the light. And he came into darkness. And what does it mean? Does it mean anything at all? If anything, it means that his wisdom and who he was and what he said begins to influence you a little bit. Because if not, you have no reason to believe you're in the light, if he's the light, right, you're in the dark. Your relationships, your work life, all your efforts are in some way blind if you are not, not allowing the wisdom of Jesus to influence you, the claims of Jesus to influence you, and you don't stand a chance in life, right, kids? You're never going to be able to truth. And yet many of us try to navigate the obstacles of life completely blind, blind in our sin, committed to our own selfishness, outside the light of Jesus. Jesus called himself the light, right? You will always go from one frustration to another and never know any real peace of any lasting significance unless you learn to start listening to the teachings of Jesus. We talk, we, I mean, the, the phrase you can think of as blind as a bat. Now, these are audacious claims, right? Sin makes you blind as a bat, right? Tonight, we reflect on the stunning, perplexing, bewildering, exclusive claims of this man that he is the light, That is the claim that he made, right? And the only reason you're not stunned by that is maybe because you grew up in church and you turn your brain off when people start talking like this, right? It is absolutely unfathomable for a man to claim that he is the light of the world. And yet this is what Jesus claimed for himself. He understood himself as light coming into darkness. So families, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, when we live, ignoring the wisdom and the claims of Jesus, we live in the dark, right? I'm not going to pretend like the holidays are always easy. I thought I was going to get amen after that. Amen. Spending time with family can be just as challenging as it is rewarding. So don't raise your hand because somebody might be sitting next to you. But as you spend time with family, as you spend time with family this Christmas, what would it look like for you to say yes to the light of God? In that space. We're going to get real, are we? Yeah, we're going to get that, yeah. In that space. With the histories and the complications and the lack of forgiveness and all of the years of compounding resentment. What would it look like if you said yes to the light of God in that space? Huh? For some of us, the gathering of family in the holidays a cloud of suspicion over the whole it's the most wonderful time you're like "Eh, I don't know right? what would it look like if you said yes to Jesus if you let his teachings on forgiveness impact how you talk around the table when you're gathered with your family right? your yes to God's light might be likened to turning on the lights in a room a room that's been very bewildering and frustrating to you for, for many many years and what would it look like if you said yes to the light of God in those fractured uh, relationships? Well, it might look like turning the lights on and you start to see stuff. Oh my gosh, these are the obstacles we've been facing. We hadn't even known it because we hadn't invited Jesus into the dark spaces. We invite Jesus into the bright spaces where we're killing it. We're doing awesome. Jesus can hang out with us there, but not here, Lord. That's the space that he wants to connect with you. And if you don't get that, you can't celebrate Christmas because what we read is that he came to a people dwelling in great darkness, and if you can't acknowledge the darkness around you, then why are you going to celebrate the light? You're not going to celebrate the light. Jesus came. He said, I am the light, right? For some of us, man, holidays are hard because of loved ones that we've lost. Holidays are not easy. For some of us, uh, the loss of loved ones are just it's like this stinging thing every time a holiday comes around. Man, listen, like what would it look like if you allowed the light of God in that space? In the space of your sorrow, in your suffering, and your grieving. What would it look like to say yes to the light of God there? To invite him in. Again, not to the place you're proud of, to the place that hurts. That's what Christmas is about. It's about inviting the light into the places that we're not proud of. Inviting the light into places. Guys, living in the light is no walk in the park. Amen. Huh? try to live in open, honest, vulnerable relationships? Jesus said, I am the light. And if you want to live in him, that means you have to start having conversations with people. Start opening up. You have to start being vulnerable. One of the key invitations of the gospel is let the light shine on you wherever you find yourself, in whatever season you find yourself in, right? And the invitation that I'm laying before you today is to not run from the light. is to stop preferring darkness and instead receive the light. That means, mom and dad, get into relationships where you can talk about the reality of your marriage. Mom and dad, get into relationships where you can talk about the uh, heart condition going on inside you, huh? Have a real conversation, mom and dad. (laughs) Kids, I want to challenge you. When you open that mountain of presents on Christmas morning, share it with your brothers and sisters. Huh? Huh? Oh, we got we got, we got, some, got some reservations about this, huh? Man, share it. Man, that's walking in the light, kids. Man, when your parents ask you something, man, do it. That's walking in the light. Do we really want the light? Dads, I want to just challenge you right now. If your kids are of an age that can, do you think, understand the Sermon on the Mount, I want to challenge. just read it to them. Like, just go by, go by bitch. You don't have to be a scholar. Just talk about it and ask, the, ask your family the question, what would it look like if we let the wisdom of Jesus impact our households, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is describing in many instances what it looks like to walk in the light. And no matter where you're at with Jesus right now, I don't care where you're at, man. I don't care if you haven't walked in the church in years, how skeptical you may be. I challenge you to read the Sermon on the Mount and ask, if everyone did this, what kind of world would it be? That's for you, skeptic. You're not, even, you're not, a, you're not a Christian. I don't, even, I don't even get what you're talking about. Okay, go read the sermon on Matthew 6. Pick it up. All right? Read through it and ask yourself if we did this, what kind of world would it be? And I would argue it would be the most brightest world you've ever seen. It would be a world brighter than you can ever dream of or imagine. Right? There is no brighter vision for life than the wisdom and teachings of Jesus. Prove me wrong. Christmas means the light has come. And the call on every one of you in this room is to welcome the light and become the means by which God extends his light to the world. We are about to turn off every light in this room. It's going to get dark. So pull your kids close. And for many of us, this is more than symbolic today. Listen, listen, stay with me, stay with me. For many of us, this is more than symbolic because some of us are reckoning with the fact right now that we've been living in darkness. And we are going to sit in the dark, y'all, we're gonna leave the lights off for a second, right? And as we sit in the dark, this is your opportunity to own it before the Lord. We're gonna sit in pitch black. And for some of you, y'all, this may be the first time that you've ever had the opportunity to acknowledge your spiritual blindness. If you feel like you may be walking through life disadvantaged, and that you are blind to certain things, blind to marriage relationship, blind to work relationships. Man, this is your opportunity to acknowledge that before the Lord. I feel blind, God. And we're going to sit in the dark, y'all. We're going to let our eyes adjust, and we're going to let our eyes strain and try to see in the dark. And as we do, it's a metaphor. It's a symbol, This is what it feels like. Imagine trying to get up and walk out of the room. Imagine trying to fight a fight or run a race as we sit in pitch black. It's impossible. Guys, listen to me. I'm preaching to myself. We don't stand a chance at traversing life without the light of Jesus. And we're going to sit with that. We're going to let the dark settle in on us and ask ourselves, am I walking in the dark? Or am I welcoming the light? Y'all, when we turn the lights off in this room and sit together, it is an open confession that every single one of us is blind without the light of Jesus. It's an open confession. And then we're going to light the Christ candle. And as we do, I pray that your soul feels the need for the light. Mm. I, I pray that your soul feels that you don't need a personal trainer. That you, don't need a, you don't need a gift under the tree. You need a redeemer. You need a savior. You need a light that will light your path right we're just going to let the christ candle light this room and as then we're going to spread the light and as you take the flame stay with me y'all y'all it's not just lighting a candle it represents a choice that i hope we are all making right and as you take the flame i pray for you that it's more than just lighting a candle but it's saying yes to the lord in your heart and life that's my prayer for you tonight right it's it's receiving the light of god it's affirming everything we've said up to this point Right? To light this candle. And it reminds us, y'all, if we will be the kind of people who partake in His light, we become the means by which He spreads His light to the world. And y'all, this room will transform. It's remarkable. And there could be no better picture of the call of God on your and my life and this church's life in the darkness we find ourselves in today. To be lights. And we're going to have a symbol. We're going to have a picture of that all together. Okay? Everyone going to be okay? Put your your kids close. i got to get the lighter so I'm not up here fumbling. (laughs) Let me pray for us. And after I pray, after I say amen, it's going to be completely dark in here. And we're going to sit in the dark. All right, for a second. Here we go. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we just come to you and acknowledge our desperate need of something to show us true north. God, our, desire, our, our rampant desires, they just mess us up more than not, Lord. And more than not, our compass is just leading us in the wrong direction over and over and over again. Lord, we just confess right now, open confession, God, that we need a true north. We cannot find it ourselves, Lord. So Father, I just ask that as we sit in this room together, God, Holy Spirit, you would come. Come, Holy Spirit, Come, Holy Spirit, and lead our hearts into truth that words and sermons and songs can't. We love you, God. In your holy name, we pray these things. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, our, our sin and our arrogance, it blinds us, God. And trying to walk through life, Father, without your spirit living in us is like trying to live in the dark. And to that we say amen. Say amen, y'all. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this is the message we've heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. And whoever says that he's in the light, but hates his brother, still in the dark. But whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him, There's no cause for stumbling. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. For at one time, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's no one like you, God. You come to us in our weakest moment, Father. God, you come to us when we are flailing in the darkness and you give us light. There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no other religion that claims this, God. You, you stand over every other God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Thank you for coming to us, Lord, not at our best, but at our worst.
3: gracious oh. key.